The warmest of greetings to you, and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching. This is the podcast to help you enthrall your learners in a knowledge-rich curriculum using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen to empower your children. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me today is... Toria Bono. I'm a primary teacher on the South Coast, founder of Tiny Voice Talks, and recently published author of Tiny Voices Talk. And I'm Caitlin Bracken. I'm a year one teacher in Buckinghamshire. I was a speaker on Toria's podcast a little while ago, and I'm one of the contributors to her book as well. And we're very pleased to have you, our listener, with us as we explore personal, social, health and emotional education with a beautiful Hindu myth on the nature of grief. So for all the fun and effectiveness of story-led learning, let's don our finest hats, sprinkle some fairy dust and hang tight to our magic carpets as we dive into this week's story. Yami and Yama are the first people, twins living on the first day. Night hasn't been invented yet, so Yami and Yama grow up from childhood to adulthood all on this same day. They very much love each other and care for each other, until later that same day, Yami gets back from gathering food to find her brother seemingly asleep. At first, Yami smiled and gave Yama a gentle shake. Oh, brother, are you tired? Look, you've fallen asleep in the garden. But after shaking him and shaking him and shaking him, and calling him and calling him and calling him, and getting confused and then cross and then scared and then sad, Yami realized her brother could not wake up. He had died. So, on that day, Yami buried her brother beside the tree in their garden. Then, on that same day, Yami sat under the tree and cried. Later, the animals came to her and asked why she was crying. Yami told them, Today, my brother has died. Still later, the birds came to her and asked why she was crying. Yami told them, Today, my brother has died. Even later, the creators of the world came to her and asked why she was crying. Yami told them, Today, my brother has died. Yami couldn't stop crying. She had loved her brother so much. Much later, the animals came back to her and said, Yami, you're still crying? Isn't this a day for making clothes? Yami shook her head and said, I can't make clothes today. This is the day my brother died. A good deal later, the birds came back to her and said, Yami, you're still crying. Isn't this a day for dancing? Yami shook her head and said, I can't dance today. This is the day my brother died. 
A great deal later, the creators of the world came back to her and said, Yami, you're still crying. Isn't this a day for gathering the sweetest foods? Yami shook her head and said, I can't gather food today. This is the day my brother died. A huge amount of time later, the animals came back to her and said, Yami, you've been crying so long that your tears are covering the land. Please, can you stop crying? Yami shook her head and said, I can't stop crying today. This is the day my brother died. And if you and your young learners want to find out if Yami's tears really do flood the world, you can download our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for Grief Awareness. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you're an epic educator as of November 2022, you'll also get the story as a paperback, gorgeously and sensitively illustrated by Heather Zeta-Rose, which should be with you in time for National Grief Awareness Week. Don't worry if you miss that, though, as you can also order the book from any bookshop, including Amazon, and epic educators can access the ebook and full audiobook through the Epic Tales app. In fact, I'd like to take a quick moment to thank everyone who's signed up to be an Epic Educator so far, because by doing so, you're also supporting this podcast, so we can keep sharing these off-the-shelf lesson ideas every week. Right now, though, let's begin our discussion with Caitlin and Toria here. And normally, at this point, we have a little pun to kickstart everybody into sharing their enjoyment of the story. But it really doesn't feel like the kind of story for that. So instead, I'm going to start by asking you, Toria, how did you find this tale? Really sad, actually. It really made me think that if we didn't have the ending to our days, if we didn't have a day and night, if our days weren't Mm. broken up, then actually we're just, there is the possibility of just sitting in that same day again and again and again, and the inability to move on. I found it really Mm -hmm. profound, actually. And I think it was a great choice of story for the discussion of grief and a great one to actually start off grief lessons with the children. I think there's so much in there. So great choice. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was one of those stories when the first time I heard it, I was like, this is so powerful. It's going to be so useful for heading into that discussion. And Caitlin, welcome to the podcast. Good to have you here. It's quite a deep topic to bring you in on. (laughs) Did you enjoy the story? I did. Like Toria, I found it a very sad story, but Hmm. I think in its own kind of way, it's a very beautiful story. As the sort of first day kept going on and on, I could kind of see where it was going when Yami just sort of continued to grieve because it was still the same day. It was still incredibly raw. But the idea that the night was created so that she could heal, I think that was really lovely. Hmm. And the way that she sort of gradually became less upset, but still treasured the memory of her brother. I think that's a really mm-hmm. nice thing to introduce to children, you know, when we're introducing them to that concept of grief or walking them through it as they experience it for the first time. Yeah, that idea that it never fully goes away or it probably won't fully go away, but you kind of get that little bit of distance, which helps you to yeah. to process everything that's going on. 
I don't know, is, is this a good time to mention your chapter in Toria's book? Because you, yeah. you explore this a little bit there, don't you? I do. So my chapter in Toria's book is sort of looking at how I came to be where I am now as a teacher. Hmm. It's looking back to some fabulous teachers that I had and one in particular who sadly died when I was in sixth form. Oh, wow. And that experience, how it sort of changed things for me as a student, but how it shapes me now as a teacher because like you say that grief doesn't go away that sort of shock that upset it doesn't go away but your life kind of grows around it and your experiences build from it Mm. so she was my french teacher her name was madame canchez and she was an amazing teacher and so much of what she brought to the profession is what i would you know aspire to bring to the profession when she walked into a room you knew that she loved her job Hmm. and she loved all of her students and that's kind of what i aim for that my children you know my class they know that they are valued and loved in the same way that i felt that when miss canchez was my teacher that's beautiful I think you, you've hit upon the other sort of secret, if you like, within the story, which is that when something happens which causes grief, it is like a, a shift in the world. It does change the world. And, and that's what we see happening in this story. Night gets invented and suddenly animals know when to sleep. Animals get to work out which they prefer, light or dark. And that's exactly true when we experience death as well. We learn something more about ourselves and our whole perception of the world changes so this is absolutely a fantastic stepping stone into those sorts of discussions be it for national grief awareness week or any other time definitely yeah shall we start looking at that then shall we start diving into the pshe elements of this story and we we can start that with ages four to seven Mm -hmm. caitlin how how would you approach this tale well because it's such a profound story and it's such a topic that's not particularly talked about i think it's an important one that we do talk about Mm. i think our discussions around grief kind of need to be different to perhaps the way they have been or the way they still are in a lot of situations the act and concept of death and grieving you know something happens but the world carries on i think that's really important for us to broach that subject with children and Mm. in key stage one our pshe tends to be predominantly discussion based rather than writing anything down and that makes this an ideal kind of space to bring in something like this, bring in a topic like this. Yeah. A lot of adults think, oh, no, it's too morbid. We have to kind of hide it from children. And I don't think that's the case mm-hmm. because it is a fact of life that children are going to experience at some point. They're going to lose somebody in their life. And the children that I teach year ones, a lot of them are kind of in a weird way sort of confused and fascinated at the same time by the concept of death. And mm. they often have a lot to talk about on the topic if you give them the chance and they have a lot of questions so bringing it around to the story we could sort of guide it around identifying the feelings of the different characters there's a point in the story where you can kind of tell that the others are getting a little bit frustrated by the sort of endless grief process that sort of feeling of well come on get over it you know it's happened why are you still upset and that's something that's important for children to recognize as well because they might have those same feelings if For example, their friend has lost their granddad or something like that. They might Mm. not understand that Mm. ongoing nature of it. It's kind of like scaffolding their response to the situation. Yeah. And equally sort of discussing that sort of handling this massive feeling of sadness that is grief. 
and all the sort of the complicated mm. little bits are on the sides as well. Listening to you say that, it was interesting sharing this story with the children who you can watch in the video of me telling this story because I've told this story a few times in front of young audiences and the refrain is basically, no, I'm not going to do that. Today is the day my brother died. And she's repeating it again and again, even after um, the animals are coming back to her after an extended period of time, an inordinate amount of time. You know, we go to these um, increasingly high level ways of saying a long period of time. And that is actually kind of amusing. You know, the fact that every single time they come back and she's always got the same answer. And like you say, they're getting increasingly frustrated. And so kids can sometimes find themselves laughing at the tale. So I decided to preempt this when doing the recording by uh, saying to those who were there this is a very powerful tale we're actually telling it because of grief awareness week some of the people listening to this story may have experienced some kind of grief recently so we've got to be very sensitive to that and make sure that we don't laugh too much at the story as we're getting further through it and I don't know what it was that something magic sort of came over that particular audience because you could see them understanding that frustration. You could see the sort of amusement on their faces, but you could also see them thinking about people who were not in the room. And there's something about the, the shared experience of grief, because like you say, it's something that we all go through. And many of the children mentioned in the conversation that we had after the recording how they were thinking about the Queen. Because very recently, that is someone who our whole country has lost. And um, so that's, a, that's been like a shared experience of grief, hasn't yeah. it? You know, for children who had never experienced it personally, that was their first, you mm. know, inescapable experience of it because it was everywhere. You know, it was in all the news, all the grown-ups were talking about it. And it might have been their first kind of taste of this situation, this feeling. I mean, I know we are in the ages four to seven at the moment, but is this one that we can really segregate into the different year groups, Toria? I mean, would you do any of this differently with ages seven to 11? I think with ages seven to 11, you can unpick it more is what I would suggest. Hmm. You know, when the Queen died, we did talk a great deal about what grief was and the morning and actually we looked at what grief is but we also looked at the fact everyone experiences it differently because we had some children in class that were upset or had experienced their parents being very very upset that the queen had passed away and we had other mm. children who didn't actually feel that and there was this confusion i think about why is everyone feeling it differently and the fact that actually just because someone passes away doesn't mean we're all going to experience it in the same way. You know, emotions mm. are incredibly confusing. And as you say, our response to any circumstance will be different dependent on who we are, how we're experiencing it in that moment. And I actually thought about starting off the lesson with the bit from the story, which is getting confused and then cross and then scared and then sad. So that comes from just when she finds her brother, what she feels is asleep. Mm. And actually just starting off a conversation with children about experiencing a myriad of emotions in a moment. When has that happened to them? Mm -hmm. Because actually... We don't feel sad all day or we don't feel happy all day. And I think sometimes when we're discussing emotions with children, 
they can think that they're just going to feel that emotion and that's the only emotion. And it's mm. developing children's emotional literacy that actually emotions are not just one thing. You may well feel sad and happy in the same moment. For example, at a funeral, it's I remember being at my father's funeral and it was incredibly sad, absolutely awful. And I was standing beside mm. my sister and, you know, my father died now 15 years ago. It was shocking. It was very, very unexpected. And I was holding my daughter, who at that point was 11 months old. And she farted in the middle of the funeral. <laughs> and my sister and I both laughed in the middle mm. of my father's funeral. And we turned to each other. And it was so weird because we were so utterly filled with sadness. But we laughed. And it, it's a really weird thing for children to understand. And I think the more we can help children to understand that emotions are not one color, they are not one thing, especially with grief, everyone experiences mm. differently. And that's exactly what was happening to Yami. In a sense, she was stuck in that one color, in that one emotion because she couldn't move on. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I do think that one of the things I would absolutely do with the children is getting them to really consider all the colours of grief as such. Yeah, and I, I think empathy is another one yeah. that we can bring in here Absolutely. because it's a situation yeah. that they will all share. Their responses to it won't necessarily be the same, but they can channel their responses to other things mm. in order to understand other people's responses to grief, if that makes sense. So you mentioned, Caitlin, about how the other characters in the story start to get rather frustrated mm. with Yami for the fact that she's just going on and on and on with her tears. And some children may not get that straight away because it's a story they can see that Yami's upset. Yet you can talk about how frustrating it is, for instance, when you are stuck on a particular part of a computer game or you're stuck on a particular maths problem or, or something like that, as, as well as just emotional literacy. This, this is empathetic mm -hmm. uh, literacy, really, being able to channel emotions to understand other people. Absolutely. I think that's absolutely spot on. What I was thinking about for the older year groups is actually within the PSHC lessons coming up with creating a little booklet. Hmm. They could learn about what grief is. They could learn about how different people experience it. But actually looking at the tools out there for how to manage grief, because I think that's the thing. It's not just let's talk about it and let's talk about the fact there are emotions, but actually how do people manage grief? How do they work through it? How can they express it? And actually, I thought if the children then created a booklet with those sort of titles in it, just so that they would have that booklet in a sense as they moved on, but equally mm. they would have greater empathy to know how to work with others, how to support others that were going through grief. And I think there are so many great resources out there. So Young Minds has great resources. Winston Wish has so many great resources and so on that people can actually access and share within those PSHC lessons. They're really useful. Yeah. What you said there about supporting others in different ways to sort of move on and but still remember, mm -hmm. it made me think about acts of remembrance. Yes. Because towards the end of the story when Yami is kind of 
getting over it but still remembering her brother she does lots of different things that remind her of things that he used to do Mm -hmm. and eventually she has the tree that's a symbol of remembrance for her and with the younger ones that's i guess with the older ones as well you can make some really concrete comparisons there that she has the tree that reminds her of her brother and towards remembrance day we start wearing poppies to remember yes people who died mm-hmm. thinking of my class that's a really concrete way for them to go oh i see what that's getting at because we do this and they did that in the story mm-hmm. and it's something that we can do to support children when they're going through grief you know thinking about the things that they perhaps did with the person who they've lost yeah. having those memories yeah. and those symbols of remembrance yeah absolutely and i'm glad that you mentioned that caitlin because actually we, we were talking about armistice day last week because it was our story for armistice day last week and uh, if you get the book with the yami and yama story that is paired with our story herbert's war the the armistice day one um, and i think one of the reasons why we chose to do that apart from the fact that armistice day and national grief awareness week are so close in the calendar was because Herbert's War is actually quite a positive story. You know, it's looking at some of the light that comes out from the First World War. And yet, for some people hearing that story, it's going to be bringing back memories or or may bring back memories for the grown-ups that they're reading it with that could trigger some of the emotions of grief. So we thought it was very important to put these two stories together i think also touching on something that you you mentioned earlier caitlin it can sometimes sound really trivial the advice that we give to those who are grieving you know things like you'll get over it eventually you know time will heal and this is a story which is essentially showing how that happens but that's why i was very keen when telling it myself and ultimately writing it to make sure that i included some of those little touches of what she was doing to remember her brother and the fact that sometimes she is still moved to tears by the memory of her brother sometimes it makes her smile sometimes it makes her cry so that you get to explore that a little bit with your children the idea that Yes, it's going to lessen, but it never fully goes away. And it certainly shouldn't be trivialised. Yeah, it's like what Toria was saying, that grief is not all one colour. That Mm. you can feel different things at the same time. And for children, that can be really confusing. But it's sort of teaching them, actually, that's okay. It's okay to remember something and smile. And it's also okay if, you know, a year down the line, you remember something and it makes you feel sad. Like, either response is okay. Absolutely. Is there anything other than the grief that you would use this for, PSHE-wise? I think it's wonderful for collaboration of all the animals and, you know, the creators that come together to support Ah. Yame. Because we often talk to children about collaboration. Oh, you know, if you collaborate, it's going to be great. But they don't necessarily Hmm. see how that's going to work well. But I think this is a tale where actually collaboration means that they help another to get over something because they collaborate they decide that the best way to do this is if the sun disappears and the moon comes up and everything else Mm. and actually i think that's a great one you know teamwork collaboration how they worked together to support another yeah definitely and they do it for yami's benefit without banging a drum about it don't they 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 don't say right look yami we're going to help you with this they just get on and do it and it ends up helping yummy in in the long run then ends up helping everyone in the long run because again they they all get the rest don't they so and then it comes back to that favorite word for all children which is kindness 
what are they they're very mm. kind and they are they're all very very kind because they are doing it <laughs> without a desire for anything for themselves they are just doing it to support another I think there are so many different avenues you could go down with this tale because actually it is such a lovely tale to use. What you said about them being kind, I think you could also take it down the route of they kind of change the way that they behave towards her as well Mm, because they go from that frustration to sort of realising, oh, wait, maybe we could do something instead. Yeah. And they sort of transition Mm. from being frustrated and not being very helpful to then being kind and being ultimately very helpful yeah which is of course realizing that okay this frustration may be caused by somebody else but it's still their frustration Mm -hmm. or you know it's still your frustration if you are frustrated that is your emotional reaction so you can do something about it you don't have to just wait for somebody else you can take steps and in in this case you know that's taking steps to ease someone else's pain they become solution focused yes That's all we have time for in this episode, folks. If you'd like to talk to us about anything you've heard in this podcast, or if there's a subject you are soon to teach that you'd like us to cover, you can find us on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favorite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can enjoy knowledge-rich learning in a way that's effective, memorable, and and enjoyable all at the same time. Tomorrow, Yami and Yama will help us teach English. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. 